0: Hi, I'm Brett Robinson. Welcome to the Redeeming Hope Podcast, where we share biblical truths that'll give you real hope. What is real hope? It's a hope that is relevant, energizing, authentic, and linked to Jesus. How's it, guys? Today we are continuing on the theme of El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough. This is part two. And our text for this series is Genesis 17. If you didn't hear part one, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to that. But you can certainly pick up from uh, this episode and go back to it. So before we jump right in, I'd like to ask you a question. Have you ever faced an impossible situation? Well, in Genesis 17, Abram faced what seemed to be an impossible situation. He had no heir through his wife, Sarai. He was just about 100 years old and his wife was 90. So it seemed like it was never going to happen. On top of that, he owned no land and was a foreigner in the land in which he lived. So in the natural, things were not looking good. It looked like he was out of time and out of options, and he didn't even have a doctor who could advise him, and there were no fertility clinics to even offer a solution. Have you ever, like Abraham, hit a dead end where you felt like you were out of time, out of resources and out of ideas? If so, then this word is for you, because God is a God who gives hope to the hopeless, He is the Redeemer and Mighty Deliverer. So here's where we can so easily miss it. When we're faced with a dead end. An impossible situation. We tend to think, Lord, I'm fine. But can you please just fix this problem? If you can please just fix this problem, then everything's going to be okay. But... God is more interested in revealing to you who he is and in restoring your true identity. Because he knows when we get the revelation of who he is and who he's called us to be, then everything else will fall into place and get worked out. Let me show you from Genesis 17 verse 1 and 2. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am El Shaddai. The English translation of that is God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Now, right in the middle of this passage. There's a very key word for us. And the word is then. He says walk before me faithfully. And be blameless. Then I will. When. Then. What is the then there to show us? Well the then. Comes after the word blameless. And Right away, we can all feel, oh, well, I'm disqualified. Because we're all aware that we are not blameless. We all miss it in many ways, in spite of our good intentions. But the good news for you and I is that the scripture is not talking about blameless based upon our personal performance. It's talking about blameless based upon covenant And the covenant that we have with God Almighty is not based upon our personal performance. It's based upon Jesus' flawless performance. You see, Jesus was without sin. And when we place our faith in what Jesus has done on our behalf, then we can be blameless. In the sight of God. And this is key for us to understand. Because if we are going to walk in the fullness of the promise. That God has made to us in his covenant. We have to walk in the fullness of our identity in him. So the when that it's talking about. When it talks about the then is When we see God for who he is, and whether we sit, stand, or walk, it's based upon our faith in the fact that he is who he says he is. He is El Shaddai, God Almighty. But here's the thing. The English translation of El Shaddai does not convey The full meaning of God's name. And this is where so many people miss it. The Bible talks about people who have allowed their faith to become shipwrecked. And this is how. Many people acknowledge that God is mighty. But there's a disconnect because it's like it doesn't apply to them. He's mighty in the universal sense, but not in the personal sense. And in so doing, they disengage their faith and they walk in judgment of God. In their hearts, they say, yes, God's mighty, but he doesn't care about me. And this causes people to feel abandoned and disappointed. The result is that In their faith with God, they are disconnected and disengaged. But let's go back to the meaning of El Shaddai so we can get the full meaning. When we get the full meaning, we get the full healing. Amen. You see, not only does the name El Shaddai mean God Almighty, but it also means the God who loves, cares, nurtures gives of himself, and holds closely like a mother does her infant. So he's not just mighty, he is mighty loving. He doesn't just see, he cares deeply about you and me. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave For God so loved that He gave. He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. God is a loving, giving, generous God that always gives of His very best. So don't make the same mistake as Abram and disengage your faith while you're waiting for the fulfillment of God's promise. You see, for Abraham, it seemed like it was taking too long. So he took matters into his own hands and produced an Ishmael. Ishmael was the result of the works of the flesh. Oh, you might say, well, I'd never do that. I know what Abraham did and he took his wife's servant's girl and he had a son through her and I would never do that. Oh, really? Well, let's consider this. The works of the flesh are whatever we do apart from faith when things are tough. Well, that puts things into a different perspective. And let me ask you, how do you cope when you're going through a test? Well, here's how some other people cope. Not you, of course. Not me. We're talking about other people now. Stressed out of their brains. Grumpy. Ratty. Withdrawn. Loss of sleep. Too much sleep. Addiction to sleeping tablets. Or other medications. Angry outbursts. Wallowing in self-pity. Self-loathing. Depression. Self-deprivation. Scoffing. Mocking. Bitterness. And the list goes on. So what do we do if we recognize that we've missed it? Number one. We repent of our sin and we receive God's forgiveness. So we can make a fresh start. Two, we honor God and call on his name. And not out of a place of hopelessness, but we choose to make a faith declaration of God's faithfulness and his goodness. Number three, we change our names. What? (laughs) That's right. If you don't change your name, you'll never walk in the fullness of God's covenant with you. Now, before you freak out and you think, I'm out of here. I'm not listening to this crazy podcast. or What's Brett going on about? Let me just read for you from Genesis 17, verse 5 and 6. God's talking to Abram and he says, No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you and kings will come from you. So God changed his name from Abram to Abraham. In verse 15 it says, God also said to Abraham, As for Sarai your wife, You are no longer to call her Sarah. Her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of peoples will come from her. So God changed his wife's name as well. So what what can we learn from this? What, What can we understand from this? Well, the Old Testament is a type and a shadow of things to come. So, here's the lesson for us as New Testament believers. Stop thinking and talking about yourself like you're defeated. God's given you a new name. Redeemed. Forgiven. Loved. A son of God. A daughter of God, a king's kid, a new creation. What lie has the devil sold you that you need to cast off and leave behind? Say this, I'm no longer a failure. I'm a faithful, faith-filled man of God. I'm no longer a reject. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm no longer an orphan, but a son of God and a cherished member of his family. I'm no longer hopeless. I'm full of hope as my eyes are on Jesus, the hope of the world. I'm no longer down and out. I am saved, set free, and my feet are on Jesus, the rock of ages. Here's what you need to do identify the lies that have been holding you down and then replace them with the truth of God's Word. You replace by repetition, you replace by making the faith declaration again and again and again. Until it sinks from your head to your heart and you know it's deep inside. You say it, pray it and declare it and give thanks to God. Until the flickering faith in your heart becomes like a strong burning flame inside. I want to encourage you and challenge you today. Pick up your shield of faith soldier of God, and lift it high. Pick up the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, and hold it like the mighty warrior that God's called you to be. Accept the new name, the new identity that Father God has given you in Christ Jesus. He calls you blameless. He calls you loved. He calls you forgiven. He calls you cherished. And I call the hope that he's placed in you out in Jesus' name. And I encourage you, choose to take a stand based upon the rock of ages. Not based upon your fickle feelings. Not based upon your circumstances which chop and change. And if you're honest, you don't even know what's going to happen five minutes from now. Never mind tomorrow or a week or a month's time. Stop predicting doom and gloom and accept the promise of God's future for you. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thanks for tuning in. I pray that the message of God's word will build your faith and develop a hope that is so strong it's like an anchor for your soul. Go ahead and subscribe, and why not share the message with a friend?